You guys having fun yet? Yes. Praise God. What a great atmosphere today. Oh, this is church. Amen. I always tell people, this isn't your grandmother's church unless your grandmother goes here. Amen. <laughs> All right. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. Let's look at verses one through two. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Man, there's nothing like his presence. I'm telling you, I felt that hope meter and faith meter just, whoo. There was definitely a receiving at the altar and in this building today. Amen. Here we go. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God, for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, today I want to talk about one of the purposes and responsibility for us as Christians on this earth. Uh, I believe this is one of the greatest keys to success in this life. I believe this is a key that will help us to stay filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Remember, the Holy Spirit baptism is a one-time experience. Being filled, we need to stay filled. Say, i got to stay filled. And I think this is one of the ways that, or one of the keys that will help us to do that. This is a key to abundant, an abundant life on this earth as a Christian. The title of my message is this, Live to Give. Yes. Live to Give. Listen to this. The word give means this, to freely transfer the possession of something to someone or to hand over. All right, the Word of God commands us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, amen? To yield our will to the will of God. Do you know the will of God's not going to happen unless you will, uh, yield to Him, right? What does yield mean? It means to slow down, pay attention. Okay, I'm getting nervous here. I'm not going to drive around any of you guys then. <laughs> Nobody knew yield. <laughs> It means to slow down and get the mind of God on a situation. Amen? So we need to yield ourselves and offer everything we have to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is our protection. He is the lifter of our head. He is our strength. He is our peace. Everything we need for a victorious life is found in Him. Amen? God gave His only begotten Son for the sins of mankind. God has given us the Holy Spirit to be victorious on this earth. I don't know if you know it or not, but God is a generous giver. He is, in fact, you can say it this way, God is a liberal giver. John 3.16 said, For God so loved the world that He gave. Love and gave. Love and gave. You cannot separate love from giving. The context of Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, which we read, is to walk in love. The very essence of love means to give yourself, to give of your possessions, to help your fellow man, and to advance the kingdom of God. Are you following me? If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they need something needful, help them. Amen? If it is in your power to do it, do it. 
All right. James 4.17 says this. To him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. See, there's sins of omission and sins of commission. Sins of commission is something you do to, that, that it's a sin against the Word of God. Omission means it's something you're not doing, and it's a sin. All right? Oh, it got real quiet on that one in here. Getting a little concerned, the yield thing, and that is not going good together here. But I'm going to press through. It is impossible to walk in love without being a giver. And when you are a giver, you are an imitator of your heavenly Father. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8 here. Let's just, let's set this stage. My point here is that God is a giver. Man, He's a radical giver. And it said in Ephesians 5 that we are to be imitators of God as His dear children. Amen? James 1. Five through eight. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or person suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. What I really want to pull out of there is that God is a liberal giver. This is in the context of wisdom, if you need wisdom. But listen to this. You, got, you can't read that without pulling out the fact that God re- requires us to be in faith when we ask him. We must be in agreement with him and connection with trust and faith. Amen? And then it looses the liberality of God. God's not a liberal, but he's a liberal giver. Right? Come on. Come on. Right? God is absolutely Republican on some things. Come on, somebody. Love it. Go to Romans. Romans chapter 8. Amen. Well, I'll tell you, the Democratic Party is of the devil. I'll tell you that right now. If you're a Christian and you're in the Democratic Party, you need to switch. I'll tell you that right now. Why would you vote for someone who murders little babies? Why would you vote for someone that stands for homosexual? Everything this word stands for. Why? Maybe you're not a Christian. Come on, somebody. Now, don't get me started, people. You teased me on that one, guys. Romans 8, 31 through 32. Here it goes. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. Here it is. Underline it. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Man, that's powerful. Freely give us all things in Christ. Good things. Amen? There is no restraint to the good things that God wants to provide for us on this earth. Go to Acts chapter 4. I got a lot of scriptures to share with you today. So That's your punishment for not reading it all week. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Acts. We got to play catch up a little bit, right? Here we go. Acts chapter 4. 
<laughs> verse 32. You know, I love y'all. Mm. Here we go. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. I like that. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all, nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the, at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as ever, anyone had need. Now, all right. And Joseph, who was also named uh, Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyrus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Some of you are all like starting to sweat now. Is he expecting us to sell our house? No! My point is this. We always talk about the book. We want to be back like the early church, the book of Acts. So we need to be in unity, right? And we need to look out for each other, right? By the way, we're looking for a new house. Um, she just got the position here at the Register of Deeds. So. so, hey, if anyone wants to apply this scripture to that need, sure, that's fine. But, boy, <laughs> talk about selfishness on that one. No, just kidding. I wouldn't take it from you. Listen to this. The early church, here it is, was of one heart and one soul in unity with each, each other. And But here's the point I want you to get from this. They were givers. They weren't selfish. They were givers. Amen? So we must get to that place so the Holy Spirit can move in power in our personal lives and corporately as a body. Amen? We talk about we want the power of the early church. Well, we got to start getting the mindset of the early church. They were givers and they looked out for each other. Amen? Again, Ephesians 5.1 says that we as Christians are to be imitators of God as dear children. Listen, to be an imitator of God means this. It means we would act like Jesus acts. We would speak what Jesus would speak. After all, the Word of God calls us ambassadors or representatives for Christ. Amen? We are a part of His body on this earth. We are to stay connected to the head. We are to be motivated by the head, Jesus. Amen? We are to imitate the head. That's why, we, after all, that's what we call him, Lord. Jesus said, why are you calling me Lord if you're not going to do the things that I'm telling you to do? Come on, somebody. God created us. Listen to this. So, why, you know, why would God tell us to imitate him? Because when we do, that's when we are going to make the biggest impact on this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ. That is when the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be released. See, this... You know, when God tells us to walk in love, there's a reason. Here's why. Because he wired us to, to want love. Every need of every human being, I don't care if they're the hardest person, they need to be loved. God wired us that way. And so God knew what's going to reach into the heart of those people. And it's going to be love. Amen. So love is a spiritual force. Love is a spiritual force. Just like faith, hope, and love. All three of those are spiritual forces. All right? The fruit of... Here, listen to this. The fruit of your born-again spirit man, 
should be that you are a giver like your heavenly father. You ever have someone say to you, you're just like your dad. They should be saying that in the spiritual about us. You're just like Jesus. You're just like your heavenly father. Amen? So our love for Jesus and each other is evidence of being born again. And and one of the signs in the last days is that the love of many would what? Wax cold. Get real cold. So we need to raise that temperature on love. And part of walking in love is this, that you're a giver. When Jesus walked the earth, he said this. He said, if you have seen me, you've seen my father. Jesus did only that which he's seen his heavenly father do. He only spoke that which he heard his father speaking through his communion with the Holy Spirit. We need, that's why we need a close walk with the Holy Spirit on this earth. You know what the other option is? If you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, you're being either led by the flesh or the devil. And, but you could also say this. If you're being led by the flesh, you're also being led by the devil. So there's really only two things. You're either led by the Spirit of God or your flesh, which is the devil. Because the devil, he just don't want, he wants you to do everything opposite of God. Anything God doesn't want you to do, that's what the devil wants. And that's what your flesh wants. So you go in the way of your flesh or your own will, it's the will of the devil still. See, so many people try to say, well, it's just my flesh. They try, you know, to cover up. Surely they can't be led by the devil, right? (laughs) I mean, Jesus even said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter. So in Jesus' earthly ministry, he gave himself as a living sacrifice unto God the Father. Jesus lived to give in every area of his life. Look at the impact he made in three years of ministry. He is our example. He is our standard in which we live by. That's why you don't compare yourself to anyone else. Our only standard is one, and that's Jesus. Amen? Amen? When the world sees us as Christians, they should be able to say, I just saw what Jesus would do. If Jesus was walking on this earth today, this is how Jesus would live. This is how he would act. Amen? So the Holy Spirit's job is to help us to live and minister like Jesus did. Think about that. That's the Holy Spirit's job on the inside of us. All right? So if you're not cooperating with him, You're in the flesh. Amen? You're trying to do it your own way. Now, so one of those characteristics the world should see in us is that we are givers. And let me say it like this. Ready? Givers with no strings attached. You know what the best giving is? Giving and helping someone that can't pay you back. Giving it to someone they can't do anything for you back. Man, I love that. We ought to be generous givers of everything we have. Ourselves, our time, our finances, our gifts, our talents, just to name a few. Amen? Again, the purpose is simple. To love God and love others. And to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ on this earth. Uh, We need to make an impact on this earth before we take our last breath. Has anyone had a a revelation of that at all? There's sometimes when I'm just driving or sitting around and I'm thinking, one day I'm going to take my last breath on this earth. I want to be known that I walked like Jesus on this earth. I want to make an impact. Do you? See, we just, that's why you got to, 
disconnect from this, this mentality of punching a time clock and getting caught up. And here, here's what I tell people. Don't hold on to the things of the world so tight. Don't let them. All right. So one worldly mindset that many Christians hold on to in this life is this. If I keep my possessions to myself, the more I'm going to have and the happier I will be in life. But that's a lie from the pits of hell. Jesus said this. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know what? There is a joy in giving. If you're depressed today, help someone. Give to someone today. Amen? There should be a consistent flow of giving from your life. There should be. There is a satisfaction in giving that's supernatural. Why? Because you are actively obeying God's word. God, see, God kind of knew what he was talking about. The Bible is the manual for life. He knows what we need to do. He knows how he wired us. And that's why Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. But what does the world tell us? Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And they're miserable. They're committing suicide left and right. With all the worldly things that they have, right? Go to Ephesians 4. I'm telling you right now, the secret to a joyful life as a Christian is live to give. I'm telling you. Ephesians 4, verse 28. Look at this. It says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor or work, Working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. Look, look, look at it. Working with his hands what is good. Okay? Don't be a drug dealer. Little girl, don't work in the strip club. Are you following me, somebody? One of the main purposes of working and receiving a paycheck is clear, to help those in need around you. That's called alms, the giving of alms, the giving to the poor. People that are greedy are shorting themselves of the blessings of joy and the favor of God in their lives. Listen to this. You ready for this? Here's here's a truth bomb for you. A kingdom mindset... A kingdom mindset will always be focused more on giving than receiving. Always. But here's the deal. You ready for this? In doing so, you are positioning yourself to receive more from God because your motives are pure. Are you following me? We need to put the principles in the word of God into action so we can have more opportunity to bless others. And in that process... God said he's going to bless us. Amen. So here's the deal. So people, you know, I see like sometimes ministries on TV, they're always like, ah, you know, give to, give to our ministry, give to our ministry. And sometimes I want to say, are they sowing into people? Hey, hey, anybody get this. Remember, everything in the kingdom of God is backwards from the world. If you're, if you're having a problem today uh, with getting basic needs in your life, how much do you sow into the kingdom of God? Amen. Come on, somebody. Oh, he's meddling now with that pocketbook. No, seriously. How much are you sowing into the kingdom? How much are you sowing into the poor? 
How much? How much? How about offerings? Right? There's the tithe, ten percent, and then offering is up and beyond that, and then there's the giving of the to the poor alms. Take a look at your giving. I'm telling you, it, it, it was night and day difference when when we started obeying God in the past. I mean, it was just a flood of blessings started coming in. So instead of sitting back and having a, can someone just give to me, give to me? Why don't you sow some seed? Think about it. Amen. So here's the, here, listen to this. God uses people to bless people. I don't know about you, but anything I've ever needed, it it didn't just appear. It came through a person. God will move upon the hearts of people to give into your life. Are you following me? God uses people to bless people. Again, the kingdom of God is totally opposite of the worldly, greedy mindset. When you're giving out of a pure heart with a pure motive, blessings will come back into your life. That is a biblical principle. Amen? That is a spiritual law. Go to Proverbs 11.24. Check this out. Proverbs 11, 24. And giving is not just about finances. I'm going up and beyond that. All right? So if you're stuck, uh, just you're offended by the financial part of it, well, that's your problem. But I'm going well up and beyond. I'm saying live to give in every area of your life. Amen? And I'm not apologizing for the financial aspect because it's a biblical principle. Amen? Now, Proverbs 11, 24. Look at this. It says, this is one, there is one that scatters and increases more. And there is one who withholds more that is right, but it leads to poverty. It's more blessed to give than to receive, Jesus said. So examine your life today in the area of giving to the poor, giving to the kingdom. Have you scattered enough seed in that area, or are you holding back more than is right? And only you and the Holy Ghost can answer that question. Amen? Look at Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19, verse 17. And it says this, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he, the Lord, will pay back what he has given. So, again, are you lacking in your life? Maybe you need to give more to the poor and needy around you. Come on. You will only get a harvest when you sow seed. You, it, wouldn't it be crazy if, if a farmer said to me, you know, he's sitting out by his field and he's, hey, what are you doing? Oh, just kind of waiting for the harvest to come up. Uh, did you sow any seed? No, nope, but I'm waiting for the harvest. The word of God is referred to as a seed. Sow it. For your finances are a seed. Sow it into the kingdom. Amen? Your time is a seed. Sow it into the kingdom. Come on, somebody. So, one of the ways of investing in the kingdom is helping the poor. When you and I are helping the poor, we are lending unto the Lord. And it says He will pay it back. See, God has so much compassion on the poor. Now, when we're talking about the poor, we're meaning this. Someone who doesn't even have the needful things in life, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about someone who makes, you know, oh, before this crash, I was making 150 a year. Now I'm down to 125,000. Oh, get real. I'm talking about people that don't even have enough for basic needs. Are you following me? 
All right. So now go to Proverbs uh, twenty-eight, twenty-seven. You poor thing, you. I'm so sorry. One hundred twenty-five grand a year. Oh. No. Proverbs twenty-eight. You can blame Biden for that, probably. So. And the Democrats. Why would anyone vote for them? Well, there, it was election fraud. We all know that. We all know that. Now, Proverbs 28, 27. You've got to be blind as a bat or uh, demonic blindness not to see that from that election. Now, here we go. He who gives to the poor will not lack. But he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Are you lacking in any area of your life? I'm telling you right now, maybe you need to give more to the poor and needy around you. You will, you will only get a harvest again from the seed that you sow. The Bible says what you sow, you're going to reap. You need a financial miracle, reap fi- something financial. Come on, somebody. You're going to reap what you sow. Amen? So... Um, now, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. So be careful about selfishness and pride. Maybe it's crept in and it's brought a curse upon your life and finances. Sow some seed. Come on. You know, I, I heard a minister talk about finances and stuff. In finances, think about this. Finances represents your time. Because you put hard work into getting those finances. Right? It represents your time and everything. So when you're sowing finances, it's not just money. No, it, you earn that money and you're sowing it. With, that's why it's a sacrifice to give to the kingdom. That's why it's a sacrifice to give to the poor. Are you following me, somebody? First Timothy 6, 17 through 19. Look at this. It says, command those who are rich in this present age or have more than enough. Not to be haughty, nor to, here it is, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good that they may be rich, here it is, abundant in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. We need to be actively looking for opportunities to bless people. Amen? Amen? But here's the thing. We need to do it, not grudgingly, but joyfully. The Word of God says that God loves a cheerful giver. Amen? So God wants us to do it joyfully. Go to Luke 18. Luke 18, I told you I had a lot of scripture today. Luke 18, verse 18, we'll start at. Hallelujah. Don't you love it when a pastor can just say whatever he wants from the pulpit? Not afraid of this woke woke people out here? Isn't it great? It's how it should be. That's how we kind of got in the mess in the first place, right? <clears throat> All right. Luke 18, verse 18. Now a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Good question, right? 
So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good. Uh, No one uh, is good but one, that is God. You know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother. And he said, all these things I have kept from my youth. So when Jesus heard these things, he said to him, you still lack one thing, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come and and come and follow me. But when he heard this, he became very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he became very sorrowful, he said, How hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, Money, let me just say this, I say it all the time, I'll say it again. Money is not evil. The love of money is evil. The love, it's that love for it, okay? It's that lust, that desire for it that causes people to do all these evil things, all right? It was the love of money that hindered this rich young ruler from following Jesus. One thing kept him from storing up treasures in heaven. One thing disqualified him from joining Jesus in his ministry. And it was this, the love of money. Say money. Let it not be said of one of us on judgment day that the love of money cheated us out from the treasures that are in heaven. Guys, I'm telling you right now, we need to maintain a spiritual mindset. The moment you pop out of that spiritual mindset, the devil's got a grip in your heart. He will pull you down to hell quicker than... I'm telling you right now. That's why you see people, all these these singers and and actors, actresses, they'll they'll do whatever it... they'll, They'll do anything for that almighty dollar. Are you following me, somebody? Taking up the cross to follow Jesus demands this, an unselfishness and a love for others more than ourself. So I want to encourage you, all that are listening to me right now, I'm telling you, go out, find a needy person. Find a needy family. Maybe a family member that's poor. Maybe it's a person that hates your guts. Send them something. Send them something. (laughs) Buy them something. Again, the poor. I'm talking about those who lack needful things. Find an enemy to bless this week. Unfortunately, sometimes they're right in their own family. (laughs) Are you following me? But find someone this week that you can bless. I guarantee, I'm telling you right now by the Holy Ghost, if you will do it, you're going to see breakthrough come in your life. There's going to be some kind of a breakthrough. All right? When I got born again, immediately I had, you know what came into me? When I made Jesus Lord of my life, immediately I had an overwhelming desire to give into the kingdom of God. I had an overwhelming desire to bless the poor. I remember what, I I mean, I was so happy. I'd be watching TBN, you know, Rod Parsley and all these people, and, and, and I couldn't get online quick enough to sow seed into their ministries. Why? Because when you're born again, you're a giver. So what entered your life then? If you're a Christian today, what entered your life to make you so selfish? Come on, somebody. What happened in your life? 
I, I, I'm not speaking to everyone because, I mean, there are people that are, I'm just saying, I'm just, it's a rhetorical question. Don't answer. But what, something happened that made you stop that flow of living water from giving to others in your life. I'm not just talking about financially. Here we go. Ready for this? We need to be givers of our gifts and talents, our spiritual gifts. This requires a giving of our time. Many Christians, they don't want to give the time necessary to be a blessing. But you need to know that you're expected to use them, the gifts and talents and time, for God's kingdom. You ready for this? We are stewards of the gifts. We don't own them. We're stu- just stewards of Now, let's let's look at something here. Go to Matthew 25. Let me show you something here. Some of y'all have been sitting on your blessed assurance and uh <laughs> and not been getting out and about. But God says, I deposited something in you, and I expect it to multiply. But you've just been sitting down and holding on to it. Come on, somebody. Matthew 25, verse 24. You like that blessed assurance thing? It's great, isn't it? It's a classic in the body of Christ. Now, Matthew 25, 24 through 29. Now, these are words are in red. So Jesus is doing the speaking here. I'm talking about live to give. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him. Give it to him who has ten talents. You ever see someone who is like, they're blessed. I mean, it's like they, they operate in their gifts, they're, they're givers, they're doing their thing, and they keep getting blessings. It's like, why do they keep getting blessings? Because people are holding on to what they got, and God says, guess what? I'm going to take what you have and give it to them. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the, un- and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That gift or talent that God has given you, like I said, really belongs to him. He has simply equipped us for our mission and for our calling, and we are stewards of it, and He expects us to use it. Do you understand? Here's the deal. I said it before, I'll say it again. There are some people that will never give me as a full-time pastor the time of day. But you, you work in the secular realm now. There's some people that you'll have their ear and their heart, and you'll, some of them are so ripe out there for the picking that you'll say one thing to them, and boom, they could get born again. But no, you're sitting on that talent and that calling. Are you following me? Many don't use their gifts and talents because they struggle with fear or insecurity. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah. Is this a hallelujah message today? 
I'm telling you, I talked about keys to a breakthrough last week. You could really call this part two, right? We need to live to give. Amen? Amen. 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. And it says this, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul told Timothy that God has not given him the spirit of fear, right? But of power, love, and a sound mind. Based on that promise, based on the fact that God has not given us that spirit of fear, the next thing is this. Now go and stir the gift that God has given you on the inside. There is no reason that you need to just let that gift just stay in. No, you need to stir that thing up, amen? Sometimes there needs to be a stirring on the inside. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Anybody figure that out yet? The only way that you are going to get over fear is this, to jump in and do it afraid. Stir it up, leave your comfort zone. There is no easy way around it. I'll say it like this. When you take that step of faith, it's like the anointing. All of a sudden, when you take that step, it's like a a strength, an ability comes over you when you take that step to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. Bless you. Now, I am calling on those here at Living Waters Chapel and all the Christians listening to me around the world on the internet right now to rise up and operate in the gifts and talents that God has given you. Amen? He expects you to use them. Look at Acts chapter 3. I love it. Look at this. Acts chapter 3. Oh, yeah. Stir it up. Say, stir it up. Stir it up. Hallelujah. Some of you need a little stirring. Amen. It's been stagnant in there for a while, right? Whatever happened, you know, you got hurt by the church, you got your, whatever happened, stir it up again. Amen? It has not left you. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That gift is still in there. Amen? Whether you feel it or not right now, it's still in there. Okay, so Acts 3, 6 through 9. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but... What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leap, so he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. So Peter said, you know, there's a, a guy, there's a guy who was poor sitting at this gate. A crippled guy. And the guy, well, he just wanted money. But evidently, Peter didn't have any on him at that time. He didn't have his checkbook with him, whatever you want to call it. But he said, that which I do have, I'm going to impart to you. Are you following me? Again, it goes up and beyond finances. There are spiritual gifts on the inside of you guys right now that we here at Living Waters Chapel need to partake of. People outside of the four walls, they need that gift to operate. Amen? Amen. You will Listen, me as, as your pastor, I will never hold anyone back from operating in their gifts. Amen. Do it. Do it. Amen? Amen? 
Operate in the spiritual gifts, power, and authority that the Holy Spirit has equipped you with. When you operate in your gifts, there is even a promise of being refreshed yourself spiritually. See, Christianity is always about looking outside of yourself and helping others. But at the same time, it's going to refresh you spiritually. Look at Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25. I'm convinced people are suffering with depression and all these things because they're looking too inward all the time. They're not looking outside. Get your eyes outside and help someone. Right? Hallelujah. Pull some people out of the pit. Amen? And as you pull others out of the pit, you're going to pull others out of the, yourself out of the pit. Amen? Now, Proverbs 11.25 says this. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Uh, but that's a, you've got to be a generous soul. Say generous. generous. Now, so I know this to be true. When I'm ministering, if I'm not ministering and preaching, like if there's a time where it goes by, it's like, oh, you know, you start, you know, when you're used to functioning in your gifts, it's like, uh, and you all know if you've functioned in your gift. But when you start to, to minister and operate in your giftings, it like you feel like a recharge coming on. Say recharge. A strength that comes over you. Many Christians, again, that suffer with these emotional issues, uh, you know, they, they seem to withdraw, but don't withdraw. That's the time to pour into others, and it releases a refreshing on them. Amen? Amen. See, that's the de- deception of depression and stuff. Isolating yourself from others, isolating yourself from God, getting maybe bitter or angry at God for something when he's not even responsible for that thing. Amen? But what they really need to do is just start reaching out to others. They need to start living to give. Live to give. Amen? Go to Ephesians 5. It's my last one. Y'all have been doing great today. E- Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians five eighteen through 21. We'll end it on this one. It says, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, or the word is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. There it is, to one another, not yourself, but to one another. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God. So don't try to emotionally escape with your problems from drinking alcohol. Are you following me, anybody? All right? Because that fe- that will leave you feeling empty. It, it, it does nothing. It, it's, a, it's a temporary thing. It's a counterfeit. Amen? So get and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. He said he would never leave you. He would never forsake you. He would never let you down. He always lifts you up and never lets you down. Come on, somebody. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the only one that can deliver you and give you peace that passes all understandings in the storms of life. So, But I want you to notice the instructions on how to be and stay filled is, is has to do with giving outside of yourself, a giving praise and thanks to Him. It's not just constantly focusing inward. Amen? 
So submitting to others in the fear of God, a giving of yourselves to others. I'm telling, I'm telling you right now, if you want breakthrough in your life, here's another key. You need to live to give. Amen. Truly a key to joy and true fulfillment as a Christian on this earth is summed up in that one line right there. Live to give. Let's stand up in this place. We need to be givers. We need to be imitators of God, of our Heavenly Father. Lord, we want to imitate you in everything that we do. And we know you're a giver. Now, maybe there's someone in this place. You have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Do not leave this place. In fact, I'm going to connect it with rededicating. If you're not a, if you're not a Christian, you're not born again, or you need to rededicate, you're in the same path right there. So if you need to do those two things, meet me up here after the service, and let's just settle it, get back in the will of God for your life. Amen? Holy Spirit baptism you never received, you need to come forward. Let's talk about it and pray with you today. You need prayer for anything else. But repeat this after me right now, everybody. Say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am going to be an imitator of my Heavenly Father. From this day forward, I am going to be a giver. I will not hold back everything I have, everything that I am, all the deposits from the Holy Spirit. I am going to give and use to the, for the kingdom of God and for the benefit of mankind. Ha, give the Lord a hand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. No, I do want to say, uh, visitors, thank you so much for coming today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, We will be having a Good Friday service. So mark it, 7 p.m., Good Friday. Amen. Presence of God is going to be powerful. Um, And then, was there something else? Mm, I'll remember when you leave. So, uh, all right, everyone. God bless you all. Uh, Grab a paper in the back with all the events. We'll see you later. Have a great week. I love you all. God bless you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.